This episode of Hit the Ground Running is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. I'm Christina Royster. And I'm Yasmin Gagne. And you're listening to Hit the Ground Running, a fast company podcast where we help young professionals uncover how to make it in the ever-changing world of work. On today's episode, we talk about career road mapping. We're asking, what do you want out of your job? And how do you get there? Yep. And we also speak with Xavier Jernigan, co-host of Spotify's The Get Up Morning Show and former head of cultural partnerships about his formula for successful career planning. Christina, what? Sorry, I'm going to sound like a job interview here. Christina, what is your ultimate professional goal? Uh, That's kind of like the what is your five year plan question? I hate that question. It's so scary. But I feel like Now that I'm kind of, you know, really in the thick of it, so to speak, I'm four years out of college, I'm two years really into my media career, I feel like I am starting to figure out what I want to do professionally, and it might not be in social media, (laughs) hosting this podcast and, you know, doing my creative projects outside of my nine to five have made me realize my real passion is storytelling, and so I feel like my job now as a social media producer is kind of leading me up the ladder towards being like an on-camera host or something like that. I'm still figuring it out. That's why I said I don't really have a roadmap. And (laughs) our notes here, funny enough, say um, you can't arrive if you don't have a destination. Yeah, you're not going anywhere, Christina. (laughs) I'm like at the start line right now. (laughs) I can see the finish line, but I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there. So what about you? Do you have it all mapped out? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> all I know is I want to write. And and I think the trajectory of the media industry, I think, will show you how, what's that saying? Like, make plans and God laughs. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when I was a kid, I loved magazines so much. And I, I still do. But, like, there's a lot fewer jobs in magazines than there were 15 years ago. I don't know if you've heard this, but the industry is contracting and, like, there's not jobs for anyone. So I'm really grateful for where I am now. I write articles and features for a print magazine. And I know I want to keep writing. And that's about all I know. <laughs> we're still figuring it out. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we talk with Xavier Jernigan about designing your career path for optimal success. This episode of Hit the Ground Running is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. So X, we're we're talking to you about designing your career path for optimal success, which is a big topic and it sounds kind of scary. And I'm curious, before we ask you about how you got to where you are, tell us about your job. What do you do now? Okay, so it's a little interesting. And like I tell people, I, I just, I'm making it up as I go. <laughs> but officially, I'm a director at Spotify Studios. And I'm in-house talent formally. So I host and record all day for Spotify. So I'm the host of the Get Up Spotify's morning show. So every day, if you want to know what my day is like, my day start at 4 a.m. And we record the headlines and our feelings about them and, our, you know, the topics. And, and then we interview people and, like, a bunch of celebrities come through, up-and-coming people come through. And basically we get everybody ready for their day by giving them the news they need to start their day plus entertain them have some fun give them the energy to get going that's really it on a day-to-day basis but like i also host a lot of internal and external 
Spotify events. I'm the host for all the music team events. I really come from the music team before I started hosting full time. So my job when I came to Spotify five years ago, I've now been at Spotify five years. I came in the door from the record label side of things and I was the head of North America for the music editorial team. So I oversaw playlisting for the US and for Canada. And then I spun off, created a team called Cultural Partnerships. I literally made it up. Mm. So I pitched that, made that team, spun off parts of the other job, and then did that full time and cultivated a team under me. And for that team, we were responsible for highlighting cultural moments through playlisting. So things like award shows and holidays and what do you do with TV shows? Like, oh, okay, we do, let's forge a partnership with HBO and do the official Insecure playlist. Insecure, that was me. That, yeah. That's the first one I did. See what you look at you, what you know, Christina. <laughs> so, so good. At the same time, I was hosting podcasts with Spotify. I hosted a podcast called Showstopper and another called The Window and some other stuff and all hands and stuff. And then Don Ostroff, our chief content and advertising officer, approached me and she said, listen, you just need to be talent full-time because you have something and I want that here at Spotify and I don't want you to have to step out to step into that. So a couple of years ago, I became full-time in-house talent for Spotify and then shifted over to the Spotify studio teams as director. So I can pitch podcasts, I can greenlight podcasts and partnerships like that coming in. So that's it in a nutshell. Awesome. The reason that you got such a strong reaction out of me, like, mm, like creating your own lane is because yeah. we are talking about career road mapping mm -hmm. on this episode and how people our age, we job hop a lot. We don't stay so at a true. company for even five years like you have at Spotify. It's the longest I've been anywhere. Yeah. And so I'm just curious how, you know, when you started there, did you know you were going to be there for five years or it, did you say you were going to test the waters? You know, I'm just curious as to what kind of made you stay and it sounds like it's because leadership your manager really did let you spread your wing wings and do your own thing that's exactly it like i came in the door for opportunity and spotify at the time was my dream company because i was working at record labels i did marketing digital marketing and my last official role was head of digital commerce at def jam so i managed the relationships between def jam and the dsp so Apple, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube Music, so on and so forth, Spotify, of course. So I would set up all our releases for all of our artists, all of our releases with all the DSPs, digital service providers. So I saw ahead, like, that's where I need to be because I would go and I would be in those environments. And for me, it felt like that's where creativity had shifted to when it came to putting out music. I got to, you know, it felt formulaic at a point in terms of what the process was on a record label side. So to keep me stimulated, I was ready to step out and step over to Spotify. And they called in an opportunity for that role for heading up North America for music editorial. At the right time, I had the right experience and I was at the right level, had some conversations and it worked out. So coming in the door to answer your question specifically, I was just focused on the opportunity. And mm -hmm. for me, I'm trying to see how deep I want to get in this. Oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Yes, yes. So for me, I knew if I did that job really, really well, they wouldn't need anybody to do it past two years. Like if I did that job right. Mm -hmm. See, I didn't want to say that because somebody's doing a version of that job. <laughs> but I'm saying for me, if I did that job right, I wouldn't need to do it for more than two years. Because then it would just be like the teams can kind of run. They wouldn't need me. 
So I was already looking ahead at what was needed. When I came in the door, when you come in the door at any company, the advantage you have is having a fresh set of eyes and mm. in, in ears. So you can come in from the outside and say, oh, okay, I thought they would have been doing this. Me and guys are just talking about that. <laughs> right? It, it's, it's real. Yeah. And that's the advantage you have. You have a vantage point from that standpoint. A lot of times we come in with imposter syndrome. We come in looking at it from a deficit like, oh, man, I don't know this and I don't know that. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. They hired you for a reason. So you carry that, you sit back, you learn, but also look at the spots where you can add value. And for me, that's why I started thinking about that role about, okay, we should highlight cultural moments because rewinding back to 2016, we weren't doing it consistently and we weren't doing it in the way that was strategic. It was like, oh, Christmas is coming up. Let's make some Christmas playlists. Let's refresh the Christmas playlist. It was like, yeah. oh, this moment already happened. Users are making playlists around Stranger Things. Oh, okay. For me, I was like, well, we're Spotify. How about we talk to Netflix, company to company, find out what's happening, watch it ahead of time, and decide together what we want to elevate, and then we can both win. And that's how I thought on the way in the door. And for Netflix, it's all win-win because they get their properties extended, the storylines extended through playlisting on Spotify. So why would they say no to that? So I think, I think about it from the standpoint of like, why would they say no? Mm -hmm. And then when I can't think of a reason for them to say no, then I reach out. And then I realized there was so much opportunity. I watched Insecure and I was like, they have a problem that we can solve. And fans had a problem that we at Spotify can solve. And the problem was when you watched Insecure, going back to season one, the question everybody asked when an episode ended, Yasmin. What's that song? They, what's that song? <laughs> what was that? People shazamming people. That, that's all, all the chatter you saw online. And I'm like, well, why don't we talk to HBO? Let's get to Issa Rae and team. And then we elevate a playlist, an official Insecure playlist, have it programmed ahead of time. I saw that Issa Rae was a Spotify user. It's an easy sell. Mm -hmm. Got to the right people. That's how it happened. And you fast forward, we've written in the episodes in season four. So it's just about looking for opportunities. And as long as those opportunities come and they are supportive and understand and see my value, then I'll stay. And that's how it ended up happening. I love that. And I'm curious, you know, going back to your time before Spotify, you know, I think you just talked about good reasons to stay, right? You talked about, you know, creating your own opportunities. And I'm curious. What are good reasons to leave? Like, when do you know your job is over and you should move somewhere else? Oh, that's a great question. To me, I'm going to be real specific. When I was at my previous job, I felt like I was getting dumber every day that I stayed there. <laughs> I was like, I was looking around and I'm like, I feel like I learned. I know it sounds funny, but it's so true. I would look around and I was like, I think I learned everything that I needed to learn in this role. Sometimes we get roles and we're mad at the role or don't want the role. There's always something for you to learn mm -hmm. and not necessarily always technical or business skill. It can be something personal. It could be a personal challenge. It could be something about dealing with certain people. It could be dealing with difficult people. It could be dealing with the manager that's insecure and it's trying to hold you back, which is something that I dealt with in, in a previous job. It happens. It happened to me. I'm, I'm a living testament to that. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the truth is they didn't value me 
in terms of paying me. And what I did for a living, the thing with digital commerce, is that's quantifiable. Are these records being consumed or they're not? We got charts to measure the work that I did. You can look at Spotify and Apple and look at the placements that I got. So it's quantifiable. So I wasn't valued. And then I honestly felt like the longer I stay here, now I've reached everything that I needed to learn. I plateaued. And the longer I stay, I'm either, you know, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was getting dumber the longer I stayed there. So I was just looking for the right opportunity at the right time at that point. And there's a point where if you're not getting treated like you want and deserve to be treated, if it's making you feel less than in any way, and I'm talking about mental, spiritual, emotionally, physically, like is it taking a toll on your physical health? Then that's when you need to start thinking about leaving and getting out the door and having an exit strategy. I know some people like just quit jobs without other jobs I'm not really one for that. Just plan mm. it out. <laughs> plan it out. Look, and you may have to take something in between. That's not the dream job, but sometimes you just got to get out the door. But I say plan it out, but that's how I think about it, Yasmin. That kind of leads me to another question. Let's say you're like, okay, I'm over this job. I'm ready to look for another one. How do you know the next company you go to is going to be any better? How do you ask at an interview, what is the growth opportunity here? What is the career ladder here? Like, How do you ask that at an interview? I think some of the questions you just laid out are some of the ones you ask. You get a feel for the team. You get a feel for management. Also, talk to other people at the company. Don't just take the word of the people you're interviewing with. And you know what? I look at interviewing differently. I'm asking you the questions because mm. I, I know I, I know who I am. I'm, I'm coming in there, mm -hmm. especially at this point in my career. You know who I am. You know what I've done. I take that as an opportunity to ask as many real questions as I can about the job. Have they thought about certain things? Have they not? And really, truly, like really assess the opportunity for me. Not like, okay, the money, I, I'll push that to the side, believe it or not. I don't ignore it, but I push that to the side and benefits, right? And then I really dig in on what's the vibe I'm getting? Do the people seem like they really like it there? Or does it feel like they're punching a the clock? Mm -hmm. Do they feel like their careers are advancing? Do they love this place? Do they, do they, do they kind of not like it and they just putting on? For me, I'm a really big proponent of emotional IQ, emotional intelligence. We talk about like experience a lot of times and, you know, just straight intellect. But I'm a real proponent of emotional intelligence and feeling people out and just asking those questions and asking about their personal lives in the sense of like, what is their work-life balance like? Because at this stage of my life, I need some work-life balance and I need to be around people who value that and value that people have other things going on. Do they talk about their families? Do they bring up their family at all? Does, any, you know, does anybody have loved ones that they bring up? If you had a place and you know, nobody got kids, ain't nobody in a relationship, <laughs> and nobody got a personal life, don't work there. I'm telling you. <laughs> do not work there. Their whole life they is work. don't value life. Yeah, all they do is work. Yeah. All they do is work. So pay attention to the signs. Try to walk in a physical space. I know we're in a different time. The world has changed. So I know a lot of jobs are completely remote. Spotify has shifted to a work from anywhere policy. And I'm someone that prefers to work at home. But if you can get in the space, feel it out and, and pay attention to your senses and pay attention to how you feel when you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you walk in and you just be like, you get there and it's your first day. I've worked at enough places where I can tell y'all on the first day. 
you go, you sit at your desk, you sit in the cubicle, and you're like, man, it's about to be whack. Yeah. I, uh, I want to talk in concrete terms about, you know, how you effectively turned your job into the one you want. You know, you started the yeah. cultural pro partnerships, you know, mm -hmm. program division. I don't know how you call it at Spotify. Team. How did you approach that conversation? You know what I mean? How did you persuade someone to give you that power? You know what you do? You start doing it before you ask for it. So in my case, I had two open head counts when I joined the team, which is very rare. It was like one, somebody had already designated, okay, we need this. So I just knew it was just a matter of hiring, right? The other one was, man, if they ever tell you this, guys, and you manage people, take it and run with it. They said, we got another one. Whatever you think you need, that's what it's for. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I wasn't making up stuff. So I'm like... Okay, so I looked at the parts of the job, I talked to the team, and that's where I put together like that vantage point that I talked about earlier. And it was like, okay, the cultural thing, there's something there. Everybody's doing a little bit of it. Nobody has enough time to do it. That needs to be a job. And I created a job ultimately with the help of my team called Cultural Curator. So I started there. But I said, if this works, this is going to be a, a test and learn. If this works, that's going to be the spinoff and my segue into this being a separate team. And it ended up being the most applied job in the history of Spotify. Wow. I mean, that's fair. It's such a sick job. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's awesome. like you yeah. make playlists and partnerships and like, what? Well, who wouldn't want to do this, right? Yeah. So I wrote the JD for the job description. We put it out. It was literally 5,000 applicants within a couple of days. And I was like, shut it down. Shut it down. Cause it was just too much for like me and HR to like mine through all of that. We got to the right person and immediately I knew it was going to work. And everybody didn't get it by the way, when, when I made this job, like internally, like my team got it, but everybody externally didn't get it because editors didn't curate that way. They curated by genre, mm -hmm. right? That's self-explanatory mood, how you feel and moment. A moment is like what you're doing. So it was the workout playlist. It was like, oh, the good morning playlist. It was have a great day playlist, that kind of thing. But straight up around culture, they just didn't see it until we did it. And then you sometimes you just got to do it mm -hmm. and bring it to life. So once it was brought to life, that person had a full plate right out of the gate. And this is the thing. The role is highly cross-functional. So I needed somebody with a different set of skills. So somebody that had a marketing mindset as well as a curation mindset that could work across the companies. Other editorial jobs at Spotify at the time, Spotify's editorial was in like this black box. Like, don't mess with the editors. Don't talk to the editors. <laughs> gotta curate. Like, it's these cool people that sit over somewhere. Everybody else didn't know who they were or who we were, so to speak. And this role was highly visible because you need to talk to other departments because they have information too. They talk to partners and the sales team talks to these partners because they do advertising on the platform, on our free tier, so on and so forth, that person got immediate, immediately inundated, right? So once it got to that point, I was able to pitch, hey, I need more headcount to do this work. And we see the numbers are doing really well. And it's getting us press. Like we're getting press. You know, it was a lot of articles about Insecure and then Fast forward, we did this big deal with Disney that I was a big part of. Like, and that started with one 
Disney playlist. We didn't have a Disney playlist. Wow. And I got pushed back on that, but I just did it anyway and brought it to life and had to show the numbers because Spotify is really data reliant. So I used what Spotify values in terms of making a business case for things. And the business case foundation at Spotify is data. And, and most companies too. Yeah. Is data. So I, I created the things first. I built it first. Let the people come. The data is just people. It's just what people are doing on our platform. You can't argue with that. And then you can't argue with the press. And then there was a clear business case that I need more people doing this. Matter of fact, not only do I need more people, why don't I just go over here and head that up? It was a three-minute conversation. They were like, X, that makes all sense in the world. And then they said, hey, you're going to need to write your job description. I was like, I got you. <laughs> you get to write your own job description. Wow. I wrote my own job description. It was actually really hard to write my own. But it was, it was a worthwhile thing to do. And, I, man, I wouldn't change it. And I'm thankful to be at a place that trusted me. But it really, truly was a three-minute conversation to just set it up and say, I want to spin off and do this. And they were like, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Your situation is really, you know, a great example of what could happen if you do stay at a company for right. longer than a couple of years and you don't it's job true. hop and you work your way up. And so my question for you is what kind of qualities does an individual have to have in order to work their way up that career path? You believe it or not, have to have an entrepreneurial spirit. Hmm. You got you got to think out of the box. If you if you're just signing up, if you just want to go and work a job and be a worker bee have a worker bee mentality is going to limit you because mm. you're just going to do what the job says and you're going to do that and you're going to get tired. And you're going to be like, well, let me go be a worker bee Somewhere for somebody else, yeah. else for the next queen bee. And then you go and you go over there and you flutter your wings and you get the honey and make the honeycomb and all that stuff. And you get tired and you want to go to the next one. That's cool if you want to do that. But if you actually want to make moves, you got to think out of the box and add value on everything you work on. And let your brand end up being, Dad, when Yasmin and Christina are working on stuff, it just gets done. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I, I make and have made my hallmark is getting things done. Because ultimately, everybody, no matter what job you have, I used to work at McDonald's. Everybody gets paid to make things happen at their job. It's just a matter of what that thing is, right? So that's what I wanted my brand to be. So whatever room I stepped in, I'm going to add value to that room. I'm going to add value. Oh, you think I'd be cool hosting this podcast? Oh, yeah. You really? You think I'd be good at it? Cool. <laughs> I'm going to add value, but then I'm going to make it my own. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think beyond the box. Like, for example, Showstopper was the first podcast I hosted. Spotify wasn't even big in podcasting yet. Hadn't developed the overall podcasting strategy. This is late 2017. So I was only at the company for barely a year, and then the podcast team pitched me. They just said, we think X would be good. Hosting this show, he, he knows movies and, and film. So Showstopper is all about the memorable music moments in TV shows and film, mm -hmm. right? So it was a season one that had a different host. They came to me for season two and they thought like, they were literally reaching out to celebrities. And it was like, ah, something's telling us that X is the guy. And then they pitched me out of the blue. I said, yes. So two things here. One, I didn't let that interfere with my current job at all, mm -hmm. like literally at all, because the, the manager that I did have at the time, no longer with the company, I think would have been hating, just to be honest with you. You know what? Don't mm -hmm. get you know what me saying? started, because we could go there now. We could have some real talk. Uh, I'm, whenever, wherever I'm at, y'all, 
It's about real talk. So we can, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I knew, again, read the room, emotional IQ, emotional intelligence, pay attention, read the people you work with. I was like, oh, this dude's going to hate. If I start, if I be in meetings talking about hosting this show, I never talked about it. I just did my job. So you can never say I'm not doing the job that I'm paid to do every day. And then I went and put it and worked on this show full time. I had to fly different places. Like I had to fly to L.A. One time I had to fly into L.A. for a day, interview a couple of people, fly back out. Wow. And then keep doing my job. But I, it was worth it to me to get that experience and to see how good I could be at this thing. And I had a whole lot to learn because you could be a good talker or a good presenter. But, you know, y'all know. Y'all, y'all doing this thing too. But I was going to say, you know, the thing is like they saw the talent in you. All you had to do was be yourself. That's right. That's exactly it. So I was like, and you know, you get comfortable on the mic and you learn little techniques and stuff like that. But then it's just bringing your, y'all know, I see you smiling, Yasmin. Yasmin knows. Because neither of us were <laughs> hired as podcast hosts at Fast Company. See, that's right. It's, it's really about your personality and then connecting with the people on the microphones. You learn the techniques and stuff as you go and you'll listen back. You're like, oh, I'm better than I used to be. Stuff like that. But for me, it was, I know somebody going to hate and I ain't going to say anything about it. I'm just going to do it and I'm going to kill it. And then this thing is going to come out one day and then let that shine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was the way I went about it to evolve because I didn't want to hear anything. But then I went and then I got asked to do another one. Then I got asked to do another one. And then it just snowballed and turned into this thing that was undeniable. And then as the podcast strategy exploded at Spotify, you know, we, we we're about to overtake Apple in the U.S., like, it's crazy. And we've already overtaken Apple in 30 markets. Like, the fact that Spotify went after something Apple owned and basically had a monopoly on and we overtook it and that they're saying, hey, your talent that we value, that we want to keep here at Spotify, nurture, and then push out in front to the point where Spotify has its own morning show and you're going to be one of the main voices on it and we're going to push that front and center. It's crazy. You would have never thought, yeah, when you started there. No. There's no way you would have thought that. So as long as the opportunity is coming and I'm stepping into it and they keep allowing me to step into who I am, then I'm going to stay. Mm -hmm. And, and it, all, it all ties together in that way. I don't even remember what the original question was, y'all. <laughs> I said the qualities that you need and you kind of touched on it. Like you really need to think outside of the box. Yeah. Create your own lane. Think ahead. Yeah. Visualization is big. You got to see yourself doing it before you actually do it. That's really big. And you got to believe in yourself. Like, no matter what, you got you to believe you can do it. And when the opportunity comes, have courage. That's a quality. Have courage. Step into it. Take a deep breath. And then go for it. But be prepared all the time. I'm, I'm a big proponent of preparation, thinking through what I got to do. Be prepared. And be punctual. Be on time. Be respectful of people's time. And just be respectful of people. Be, be good people. Yeah. Because <laughs> people remember that. And they'll say your name. I'm a product of people saying my name in rooms that I wasn't in. You better preach because I was just thinking about that. You know that. what I'm saying? Like people have said my name. I mean, that's how Showstopper came. They were like, oh, we were talking. We just had a conversation. It was like, somebody like X. And then that turned into, well, why don't we ask him to do it? Yeah. They were going at celebrities, y'all. Like literally. They were reaching out to celebrities. Mm -hmm. And they were like, let's ask X. And that's Keep it in -house. what really started my journey. And that's, that's dope, man. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm 
so grateful that you shared that with us today and our listeners because thank you for having me yeah definitely yeah thank you Thanks for listening to Hit the Ground Running. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and recommend this show to a colleague or a friend or a colleague who is a friend. Also, if you have a few minutes, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're a new show and your review helps others find us. Or you can send us an email at podcast at fastcompany.com to let us know your thoughts and tell us if you have a question or an issue you'd like us to tackle on the show. Hit the Ground Running is produced by Franz Bowen with help from Blake Odom and with editorial oversight from Kate Davis. 